there's a, a quote that I love and it says, be grateful when you're feeling high and be graceful when you're feeling mm. low. Welcome to the Value Vault Podcast, where we discuss mindset, personal growth, and lessons learned along the way that relate to life and business. We hope you enjoy and subscribe. Awesome. So we're here with, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Luisa Salazar. I am an integrative nutrition health coach, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. Awesome. All right. Just tell us kind of how you got into you said health coaching, right? So mm-hmm. how did you get into that in the beginning? So I was a behavior technician for six years and I worked with uh, children who have autism and I did ABA therapy. Um, and then again, after six years, I started to really see how their nutrition had an impact on their behaviors and I wanted to learn more. So I took a course to become a, a health coach because again, it's mm-hmm. difficult to guide parents when you don't when you want you I want to be able to guide parents and, and have the correct information so that they can make better choices for for the health of their children. Mm. Do you ever see yourself working again with children? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean okay. uh, that's one of my end goals it, it, realistically. Like that that was when I first started I wanted to do an ABA company and ABA is a applied behavioral analysis mm-hmm. uh in a holistic approach. So not only working on the behavior but like let's work on their sleeping patterns, let's make sure they're getting going outside, getting some sunlight. Uh, what what are they eating? Let's fi- let's fix their uh, gut microbiome and all that. So that was what I started with a dream. But then now I'm just like everyone can use of some holistic like. And if <laughs> yeah. you want to change the child, you need to change the adult. Yeah. Like, Get it where it started. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. And then from there, what was I gonna say? Like because you said it kind of changed. Where is this? Not necessarily the end goal, but what is the next big goal you have coming up that you want this to turn into? Well, it's not that it changed. I I do see myself doing that projective. Like right Mm -hmm. now, I do see myself just, again, one-on-one doing health coaching with adults. And I would like to work with families because I do have that connection to children. And play therapy is very big to me. I love to play and be silly and encourage that. But again... Adults need that too. I know a lot of neurotypical adults who need to connect with that inner child and be able to do that. So it's not that it's changed. It's just kind of like in the more in the future now, instead of it being like, Oh, I want to open an ABA company within the next three years. Now it's like, no, maybe I want to do like, again, mindful retreats and for, for anyone. And if they want to bring their child like that, that maybe that could also be a possibility. It's kind of just testing the waters to see what opportunities there are. Yeah. That's nice. That's cool. What is one thing, like one tip, one lesson you'd like to share with whoever's listening about uh, your specialty? Oh my goodness. One tip is to work on regulating the nervous system. Mm. I think that that's very important. I think uh, we can do all the habits that we want, but if we don't regulate our system, our our body will get stuck in in the past trauma. So practicing things to help regulate the system will switch over our from our sympathetic to our parasympathetic. And that's, I think that's very important and able to sustain new behavior is able to regulate the nervous system. Just for people who like don't really understand the nervous system, do you want to explain what that really is? Okay. So, (laughs) yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So our nervous system, right? We have a central nervous system and it has various parts, but then we have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system. The sympathetic system is your fight, flight, or freeze and then your parasympathetic is your restore and repair. And that's connected your brain and your gut axis through the vagus nerve. So most of the time, again, when we're stressed and cortisol, we're in our fight, flight, or freeze, which then literally pumps your brain to your extremities because you need to fight, you need to run, right? And, so, and, it, and it keeps your, um, all the blood flow at the back of your brain because you don't need to make any logical decisions when you are running from somebody. Yeah. So then you want to switch when practicing breath work and meditating, reducing your breath moves you over again during sleep. We're supposed to go into our parasympathetic and restore, Mm -hmm. but the parasympathetic makes pumps the blood internally so you can restore everything. It gives you the the ability to connect the the frontal part of your brain uh, and make logical, more reasonable that that one there's where you have more choice, more, more power in the choices that you make versus being in your fight, flight, or freeze, and most people are stuck in their fight, flight, or freeze because genetically we were we you know we were wired that there was a tiger coming there we you know there's a tribe that's going to kill you you need to run you need to fight now people are releasing the same amount of cortisols and it's just about an email it's just because 
somebody cut you off and your body's pumping adrenaline and you're, you know, and it's, you're getting stuck in that. And then because we get stuck in that fight for a freeze, we're in constant inflammation. Mm. And inflammation is the root cause to the majority of the disease. Afterwards, your body starts attacking itself, basically. Yeah. So one of my things, I really, really like when promoting, regulating the nervous system so your body can restore because we are made to be in homeostasis. Mm. We are meant to self Like the human body is the most magical, intricate machine that there oh. is on this planet. You know okay. what I mean? Like we are literally, like I love learning about the body because your heart beats, you don't even have to tell it. You don't even think about it. There's an electric, there's electricity yeah. between your synapses in your brain. Like, and I don't think that people realize how, how magnificent we are as humans. It's like a big rabbit hole. Like you just start and then all of a sudden you just learn like something you never even thought was in our body. Yeah. 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 What was it you said? Just kind of like seeing the other side of it. That quote that you always say where it's, everything evolves but humans. Remember? Oh, yeah. It Just was, kind uh, of bring it, it's, it revolves around Jim Rohn. He said the quote, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and kind of making it my own. But it was to the, the same note of all living things strive to reach its max uh, potential except for humans. Mm. Because humans self-sabotage themselves. Mm. And they keep themselves with their self-imposed limitations. If they think they can do something, that automatic habit and behavior ends up keeping them in the same place. Like you said, the fight, flight, or freeze. And that's what I was going to say. It's, it sounded like it was like unconscious habits, but they need to become conscious of it to actually begin to change it. A hundred percent. And it, it, as humans, we are creatures of habits. And again, in ABA, like that's something that you have, that, that I have to do the practice. There's a behavior, whatever my client is, we have to Rerace the pattern and re- reinstall a new circuit way of uh, patterns. The, the younger I have a client, the easier it is for me to do that. The older, because the older you get, the more stuck in your ways mm-hmm. you get. But um, no, we. Are, I was, I was going to say something and I lost it. We we're creatures of habit, um, and we. There we go. I will remember. You're right. And most of the time, the habits are formed. We 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 are acting out of our subconscious mind, not our conscious mind. So it's like getting into our subconscious mind and being able to rewrite the pattern from there is where we're going to really see us moving forward. Have you and, looked uh, By pattern, do you mean by routine? Or patterns or just our behaviors. Why are we reacting to things that we are reacting to? Um, mm-hmm. Why does certain things, like most of our, our, our for example, this is the, most people eat three times a day, not because they're hungry, but because it was told to us mm. that we need to eat three times a day. You know, we were talking about that the other day because we're like, we're eating like lunch because we go to the networking events in the morning and we'll eat after. And then like later we'll eat maybe something and then or something. Sometimes it'll just be kind of like a filling snack and that makes us feel fine and we feel healthy. We don't feel like over engorged with like all of this food. But when we used to be like, okay, we have to make sure we eat like three times a day. We're like, we're like full and bloated the whole day. There's no time that we feel like normal yeah yeah i mean again the importance of being and that's why intermediate fasting is a big thing because being able to clear your system giving your system the time that it's not just digesting constantly like Mm -hmm. it's able to go do its other things it's not only digesting but again some people might need to eat three meals a day like i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that but everyone needs no because some people might again if you're working (laughs) out you know seven times for three hours a day you need to eat a lot of food like i'm not but again knowing your own body we are all very bio individual people and it's like are you hungry if you're not hungry then why are you eating is it a habit Mm -hmm. like and being able to be conscious of that but again for me i used to eat once a day now I'm doing more and I feel the need to eat more, but not once that I ever feel like, oh, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, but I would yeah. eat very nutritious, organic, uh, and I would take supplements. So like I was getting everything that I needed and I felt just fine with my one big meal. I think, again, it's, it's about listening to your own body and knowing mm-hmm. and honoring what your body needs. Yeah. I think a lot of people nowadays listen to the majority rather than the minority, mm-hmm. which is us. Mm. You know what I mean? And instead of following what really fits you, people follow what fits everyone else. Mm, very I, I was just thinking of that. It brought me to that. I think it's just like that comfortable state. People feel comfortable in crowds. You feel protected. It's the same thing going all the way back to like the old genetics. Like if we stay in a pack, we'll stay protected. You know, it's the same thing. People huddle over whoever has like the best idea or the most liked idea. It's the same thing with videos. That's where they're going viral. It may be something weird or weird trend, but it goes viral if everybody does it. Like Barbie, everyone's wearing pink. Yeah. Right now, everybody is wearing pink because, and you may not even like pink, you're still wearing it, just because it adds to it. Yeah. 
I think our humans, we are meant for connection. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it's, we seek that exterior validation. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think that we place the emphasis more on other people validating us instead of ourselves mm-hmm. validating, you know, because we like want to be accepted. We want to be part of the crew. We, you know, we want to have friends, but sometimes it's like, do those friends really support mm-hmm. who you are? And if you have to change yourself, I, I think, um, who is it? Brene Brown, she talks about that. Like, if you have to change a little bit of yourself, then why would you want to be part of that? Like, yeah. Why would you want to be accepted in that group? That group doesn't accept you if you have to change who you are. Yeah. Then, if you think about it, you join the group to feel accepted, but you usually end up feeling even less accepted. You even feel, what is it, self-conscious mm-hmm. in that group because everyone you feel like is judging you anyways. So it's kind of contradictory. Like It's like white chicks. Like They had the one lady, the one girl. I think Gretchen's her name, right? And Gretchen, she's like in charge of everyone. But... Mm. She doesn't like anyone, and they know that, but they stay there. White chicks or mean girls? Oh, mean girls. White chicks. And I was like, I've seen both, so I was like, okay. (laughs) I meant mean girls, but like everybody continues to follow her because she's popular, and they know she doesn't like anybody, but she they continue to stay there. Like you see that again and again and again and again the whole movie. I think because of of the fear of being alone. Again, Mm. we're afraid to be with ourselves. I always found that very interesting. People, like, they, they just, they're so, like, terrified of really being alone. Yeah. Like, really terrified. I don't understand. I'm reading uh, Eight Rules of Love by Jay Shetty. Mm-hmm. I just I started it. Oh, my God. It's so good. I really recommend it. If you're watching this, Jay Shetty. Give me tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Shetty, we love you. Yes. Um, he, he talks about how the word loneliness was created to kind of show the despair of being alone, but solitude mm-hmm. is created to show, like, the greatness of being alone and you see like that you have to give words intention Mm -hmm. and everybody has a different connotation to these words like you hear lonely you think oh that's sad but then it's like you hear solitude and you hear oh maybe it's a little like stronger like powerful yeah yeah. and it's like isn't it crazy that we all grew up differently we all grew up in different parts of different parts of the world or whatever and somehow we also feel the same way about one word yeah it's weird just you talking that in my head went off like just how important, um, like, intention and words are. Like, when people think of Monday, mm. what do people think of? Ah, oh, it's Monday again. Like, yeah. oh, my God, because we've been conditioned to believe mm. that the start of the week is awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we, we, before you even get here, we're already creating that feeling of awfulness. So when you get to Monday, you're already, like, setting yourself up for failure because mm-hmm. you've created that vibration. And Sunday feels like the end of the week, like the very end of, like, you're just going to fall off this cliff. Like, yeah. That's what it feels like to people. Because, I mean, we do live in a society where we, it is pushed Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and the weekend is for you. But, no, every single moment is for you, every single day. You know what I mean? And so I started, to, like, for my in my planner, I do, like, different words. So, like, mindful Monday or marvelous Monday and yeah. rewrite that pattern that it's not dreadful Monday. It's yeah. not boo Monday, you know, mm-hmm. and then with time, with practice, you know, cause it's all practice. You have to be consistent. It does end up your, your, your subconscious it starts to form a habit in your subconscious mind. And then when Monday comes, you're like, people say that to me and I'm like, I love Mondays. Like yeah. I, you know, I feel like there's certain points like that where people find more connection to another person when mm-hmm. it's something negative. Mm. that's what I was telling yes. them the other day I was like for some odd reason because I was picking up this habit I was doing I was like this is a job I need to drop it right now like I dropped the habit but it was when we went to networking events I was starting to connect with people I was like I'm talking a lot with people that's because I was starting off with some complaint mm. oh it's too hot today isn't the mm. weather like more isn't like oh my god this place is like it's weird like it would always start with a complaint and my mind was connecting it because I kept hearing people start the conversation off with a complaint I was like I guess my mind connected. That's how you continue to talk mm-hmm. to people. But I became conscious of it. I'm like, that. why are we used to starting things negative? And why is that the easiest way to feel comfortable into a group? Instead of me just coming like, what an amazing day, guys. Or, y'all, I'm so excited for this networking group. There's so many different people in this group. Like, just starting that intention. Definitely. First of all, congratulations on being able to be conscious and rewrite that pattern. I think that was a really big thing for me just because I had been doing it for a while. I was like, something's different and then I realized and that's when I told him I was like I I can't continue this no the way again because back in genetically right we're meant to be protected the mind literally is all is is primarily in the negative like it's it's wired that way you have to train it to be in the positive like again we live in a world of duality so it's 
mainly going to be in the negative, not to hurt you, not because it's evil, not because it's a bad thing, but because it wants you to be safe. So it's expecting the worst constantly. But you have to, again, that's when you switch over to your parasympathetic and you tell it, I'm safe. It's not awful. It's not negative. Yeah. It's really uh, forming the distinction between survival Mm. and thriving mode. Mm. And uh, what was I going to say? All right, I lost my train of thought, well, I was but thinking, it, it was, oh, yeah. no, no. Oh, no, I didn't know if you were, <laughs> I was just going to say, it's kind of like what we talk with our clients about manual mode. That's what I was We tell say. them, it's like, as soon as you have these disempowering thoughts, we give them that knowledge, like, this is, because disempowering, like, you first hear it, it's like, oh, that's bad. So at least in your mind, you know, if I'm thinking this is bad, then this disempowering, connecting that to be able to turn it into an empowering thought, make yourself manual, turn yourself, because our thoughts are automatic until we say, stop. Mm-hmm. and turn that like visually start to imagine i need to stop doing this be conscious and that gives you that time frame like okay i'm consciously aware this is what i'm doing and i know i shouldn't be doing it, so what can i do to replace it definitely i think i mean jo- joe dispenza talks a lot about that about being able to be to be conscious and again that's why a lot of people who practice meditation it's being in the present moment because yeah. that's when you can differentiate that's when you can make the choice I don't agree with this though. You know, like that being in the present where you observe, you know, oh my God, this is, I don't, why am I thinking this? Letting it go and reframing it into something else, you know? And not getting stuck on it. That, I think people move on to things, but don't realize they haven't accepted something. And accepting things in the society has become such a weird thing. Like for some odd reason, it's like if I accept it, then that must mean I failed at it but mm. why are you afraid of failure mm, because I, we're taught to be afraid of failing I, I wanted to say that real quick the acceptance mm. and it's like there's a difference between accepting it and accepting it and doing something mm. about it mm. yeah that's what i always tell carmen and a bunch of our clients it's you have to accept like what is happening to you be conscious of it but you have to be willing to do something about it afterwards and definitely that, that you're not stuck in that and i see mm-hmm. that specifically like going back to mental health people who again get we diagnoses are really awesome it's very important to diagnose but I, I encounter a lot of adults who get diagnosed with like let's say anxiety and then they become that becomes yes. their personality like i identity. am their identity i am anxiety and we are not anxiety you are feeling anxious which are two different things yes. so the power of words but it becomes that so it's like no identify that you have anxiety and and then know that there is so many things you can do. Reduce your caffeine. Practice mm-hmm. meditating. Yeah. Light candles. Lavender reduces anxiety. Like um, amino acids. You know, there's supplements that you can take. Uh, in- increasing your intakes of magnesium may help with your anxiety. So it's like, don't, it just, it's not the label and just stay there. Like, no, now you yeah. know that half of, what is it? Half of the solution is identifying the problem. Mm. There you go. And uh, all the times when we have a problem, everyone always asks, I don't know what to do. And it's at that, that freeze mode. But everyone has a solution. They just have to dig deeper. Mm. Or even just in the fact that they don't want to fix it. Mm. Some people don't want to fix it. And I've, like, I see that a lot because, again, it's that trend. Everyone's sad. I, I'm, something's wrong with me, but I'm not. I have to feel this way. Or almost like that guilt part. Like, am I supposed to feel this way too? Am I supposed to do this? It's, it's just weird. But it's interesting to see because you can change these things. And if you go up to someone and say, well, if you feel anxious, what are you doing about it? Nine times out of ten, they're not going to have anything they're doing. And it's like, well, if you want to release this, if you want to get better, there are things to do, things to try. Some things may not work for you, but there are other things you can try. There's an unlimited list. Just continue your growth in finding something. Yes. Well, why do you think people stay in the state and, not, and they, they don't do anything about it? I really think it's being comfortable. Whether it's being mm. comfortable mm. in where they are. Again, some people have found comfortability in sadness. And because, like, if I'm sad and I'm going in a blanket and I'm cuddling up, I know that's warm. I know I can watch Netflix all day because it's easy. Mm-hmm. But easy isn't always the right path. It's the connection. Yeah, you connect it to everything. Oh, this is comfortable, but when I'm comfortable, I can be sad. And when I'm sad, I can watch Netflix. Oh, I can know all three at the same time? Let's do it. Definitely. And it, it repeats. It's the same thing with other things. Like, our minds work off connection. And we find it. We know our own answers. If we're like, okay, it's time to be happy, we'll find ways to be happy. Mm-hmm. But if you say, maybe I'm feeling a little sad, you're going to find ways to make it even more comfortable to be sad. 
Yeah, again, the, the power of words are so important. So if you're constantly like, oh, my life is awful, I'm sad, I have it, you're, that's the reality you're going to continue to create because that's where you focus on, what you focus on expands. It does. And where you place your attention is where you place your energy. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that you're focusing on the good, on the positive. And I, that's why it's, for me, I didn't practice gratitude. And once I started practicing gratitude, the more I started practicing, the more, again, I wake up and I'm just like happy to breathe, happy oh, that yeah. my heart beats and that I don't need a machine. Happy mm-hmm that I can breathe and I can really feel my lungs expanding because some people don't have that. Some people need machines, something they need help. And it's just like, the, or even like the fact that you can go to the bathroom with yeah. by yourself. Like yeah. that's a gift that we could see color. Some people don't like, so it's just like when you, again, I started practicing and then the more I started, I was like, oh my God, like every day is a beautiful, magical gift yeah. because you're focused on what's good and not what's going back. Cause there always be things that are not good or that are not perfect or not the way that you would desire them to be but like that's just the way you can't control anything else besides what's inside of you and how you come how you react to those circumstances you can find a million things to complain and explain about but you can also find a million different things that can be positive Mm -hmm. and one thing that we actually start integrating with us is finding at least 10 achievements we've done throughout the day Mm -hmm. because sometimes we may not feel like we're improving or making a lot of progress but you need to be conscious of the fact that you are making progress. And once you are conscious of that, then you can start to actually see like, hey, look, I am actually moving. I am improving. I am progressing. But a lot of people get stuck in that spot where they're just like, I'm not improving. But you ask them, what did you do yesterday? Did mm-hmm. you do this? Did you do that? Did you do that? And they're like, yeah, 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 I did do that. So you are progressing, but you're just not aware of that. Yeah, celebrate your wins. Again, the mind... The mind likes to play a lot of tricks on you. Like literally the the and I really I really believe that that we are our own biggest enemy because again we are taught to believe that we are our thoughts and are they're not they're abundant everything that your parents taught you your environment you grew up things that you heard on TV something you heard on a podcast it is the exterior so it's like you have to sort through those thoughts out and know what is really me and who what do I really believe in because your mind will again you'll say like oh I'm not worthy why do I I am worthy and re, you know feel it redirect into that thought that you do believe but again it's the the brain is wired like that and just yeah. know that we're not the brain you're not the body you are that awareness that is able to catch that thought and again being present in that moment can allow you to then make decisions that will alter your future and all mm-hmm. you know create a different reality I love how this conversation just kept flowing. Yeah. It's like I was talking earlier to Nick when we were present we were doing the presentation. I was like, we built our pillars, but we put them in a circle because everything just connects. Mm. Just like when we're talking, everything just continues to connect somehow. Like we were saying, okay, so you may see yourself <clears throat> low in one area, like let's say self-discipline, but you're very high in confident. But it plays the same. If you want to be more self-discipline take that confidence and add to that lift it up or mindset how your mind is set if you want to work on your mindset then be confident enough to work on that instead of letting your ego get in the way and it's like it all plays into each other somehow yeah everything correlates together everything flows that's just like life like people get too worried about like what's in the future what already happened in the past or it's like just if you just focus on what you're doing now you can set your goals but if you just focus on what you're doing now, you wouldn't be so worried in the future about what didn't happen in the past. Yeah. And again, I, I think that it's important to set goals and have plans for the future, but not yeah. get too obsessed with them. Yeah. And then only compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. No one else. If yeah. you can make one choice that makes you a little bit better, you're you're winning. You're you're moving forward. You're succeeding. And you, you have to be. I think that as adults, we're not taught to celebrate our wins. And again, as a as an ABA therapist, that's what you do. Again, whatever they're doing, oh my god, amazing! High five! Oh my, god, you're the you're the best. And we create that interior monologue for like my clients, yeah. where they're in their positive talking to themselves, and you yeah. build that confidence, and then that child will grow up and have confidence and have good monologues inside their head. But again, when you have the adults inside who are complaining, what are these kids doing? They're also complaining. They're also feeling that mm-hmm. same that same negative way. But c- touching on what you said that it's uh, connecting. I, I truly believe that, that life is very slick, cyclic, cyclical. It's a cyclical life. And my mother used to always say that. She used to always be like, you know, like, it's great that you're going to be up here, but remember that the world goes like this and then one day you might be down here. And that she always kind of said that. She always said life is like this. And 
Uh, Oprah kind of says like in the same way, but um, there's a, a quote that I love and it says, be grateful when you're feeling high and be graceful when you're feeling mm, low. And I love that. that is something that, because we, we know yeah. we're going to be feeling low. Like it's, it's, unav- it's unavoidable, un- uh, inevitable, inevitable <laughs> to stay up on the top. You are going to have days yeah. where you don't feel great. So then give yourself grace and keep on moving forward. Mm. And another thing that it's like, you can keep living the same life like this. Or you can take steps and then start living like this. Mm. So your lows won't be I as low. I drew something out like Ooh. that. Do you remember I was making this spiral? Because we talked, it's like similar. We mm-hmm. made the quote where it's, well, we didn't make it. I think I found it sometime ago. And then we started talking about it. But it's like, life is like a heartbeat. Like you mm. see the monitor, it goes up and down. But if you're flatlining, if you're not doing anything, if people are like, I don't want to f- feel too low anymore. Mm. So if I have to give up happiness, I will. Well, if you're flatlining, you're dead. You're not moving. You're not making any progress. You're not doing anything. That's the worst place you could ever be. Just numbness, feeling nothing, right? It's like you want to be grace, grateful or graceful for whatever point you're at in that yeah. journey. I think that that's the beauty of the human experience, having mm-hmm. all of these emotions. And again, that's what Oprah's like. Again, it's like a trampoline. The lower you feel, again, it's a tank. The high, it's a spectrum. The higher you're going to be able to feel. So when you feel those lows, know that, oh, when I'm feeling high, I'm going to be feeling so good because of how low you. And then when you can keep that mindset, you get be grateful for that part, the higher is going to feel even, even more delicious because yeah. you yeah. knew, you know how low things can be, you know? Mm-hmm. When you're at your lowest, all you can do is look up. Really. It's like that. It's, it's the same. What's it called? That like quote that everyone uses. I swear I've heard this since I was young. It's like once you hit rock bottom, there's only a way up. And it sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's like once you hit down there, like you better get your ass up and start moving up up there. Mm-hmm. Like that's your only option unless you really like it down there. And again, most people will prefer to be unhappy in a comfortability where mm-hmm. they, they're a familiar com- comfortability than an unfamiliar, even though it might be a better opportunity. Yep. Like I'd rather stay comfortable and miserable. They, you see this in relationships all the time. People stay yeah. together for the fear of being alone because it's easier. But again, you will have so much more glory at the end when you face that uncomfortableness. So you look at it and you say, no, like I'm good being alone more better like you know you have to let go of the old to let new things come in yeah and you don't know how like you seriously never know who you're going to meet next or what that next opportunity is going to happen like if we were just to shift our eyes into fear of failure like i always tell nick it's like it's not failure that's upcoming it's not fail and succeed and again if you don't have that negative connotation to failure you don't have to see it this way but if you do just changing it to it's going to be an opportunity no matter what we mm. enter this into. It's always an opportunity because you always get something out of it. You always learn or you always succeed or you're succeeding and you're learning or you're like, it's always something because opportunity of, is so open. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. A lot of people try to avoid failure. They really yeah. think it's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's why one of our things is fail, learn, succeed, repeat. Because mm-hmm. when you fail, you get to know what was wrong, what you did in the past. And that helps you succeed. You and, I did a video on uh, social media one time. I had uh, two red uh, drinking cups and I had a pencil that was the bridge to it. I and I put it. one was fear, one was, uh, one was failure, one was success. You can't have one without the other. You can't mm-hmm. succeed without failing and you can't fail without succeeding eventually. And a lot of people get that misconcepted in a way where I can only succeed. Mm-hmm. I can only succeed. I can only succeed. But you know, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And you have to be conscious and say, it's okay. Accept it, but not stay in that particular attitude that mental attitude of i just accept it but you have to do something about it mm-hmm. so you learn from that failure and then now you can take your steps up the ladder to success yeah that was one of the first things that kind of <clears throat> i heard that pushed me forward to where i am now was uh rejection is redirection mm-hmm. and there was another video that i saw that it was like i can change your mind on a no he was like if i told you that it takes uh, it takes 99 no's for you to get that yes, where you live the life of your dreams, whatever your dreams are to you, you need to get 99 no's. Like it has to be your 101. Like you would then be excited to get a no because you know that at the end of that, it's like being able to see it in that way that, uh, again, like you said earlier, every single opportunity, every single moment you can monetize because you can add value to your life. You can learn in your lows, in your highs, when there's somebody you don't like, at all moments you can be learning if you're open to understanding that life is a classroom and we are forever students and you have to just be able to to learn a lesson at at all times and see what, and I think Oprah says that too. She's like, what can I learn? What is this trying to teach me? And that's something that when I'm in a situation, I'm like, that I'm like, 
yeah. uncomfortable or that I'm facing something difficult. I'm like, what is this here to do? What is this here to teach me? What am I supposed to learn? And then you can move forward because, again, life will continue to teach you the same lessons until you mm. learn them. You will live in a loop if you don't learn the first time. And every single yeah. time it's going to get harder. And it's going to get harder until you're able to make different choices. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said. It was like we're all students. Our whole lives we're students. But it gets hard when you only want to be the master. When you're mm. really good at something you just want to be the master, it's the same quote. It's like, even the master has to be a student at times. You always have to be able to be open to learn to just even the openness enough to understand that you may learn something. And even if you already knew what was going on in, let's say, a conversation, you're still open enough to listen to everyone. Because communication isn't just like I think it was David who told us one time there's like seven levels to communication. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about how for us it's like it's not just listening to somebody to respond. You're listening to them so you hear them you hear everything their intention their meaning the way they're saying it like what is coming out of what yeah yeah <laughs> no I'm 100% I agree with everything that you're saying yeah. Yeah. most and that's something that I again I'm, I'm guilty of it as well where you communicate with someone to just again you say your story and then I say my story and then you say your story and then, but are we are we really are we really listening to yeah. each other or is your brain again that's your brain yeah. Like, oh, how am I going to respond to this? And it's like, no, like, listen to them. Ask questions. Really hear what they're trying to say. And I think that that's what's missing nowadays. People Mm. communicate, but they're not connecting. Mm. Again, the way your brain is wired, the way that your brain is wired, the way your pupils look when you look at other people, Mm. if someone is, like, not paying attention, if someone's in their head, your brain... Uh, automatically like registers that yep. and like you feel fear and you yeah. feel unsafe like without you even blinking without there being any fear, your mind already knows that because that's how intelligent your body is mm-hmm. that it, 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 the comparison was like the the eye of a cat you know how it's like that little pupil mm-hmm. and it's like stare but then you see the eye of a dog and it's open it's wide and your brain yeah. looks at it and it's like oh i'm safe i can re-, like they're listening and that's where you really can connect with someone and again, in a modern world where people are just texting each other, they're missing out on all of that that yeah. we need fundamentally as, fundamentally as humans. I really think that's why even because when we network, we met people that were like, they're, they're successful. Like they don't even need to work if they don't want to. Like they've made millions of dollars and they're in the same room as we are. And it's like, well, we're in the right place. <laughs> right. But it's like they go there to connect, to talk, to continue that. So they don't need to. There's no need to actually continue this. But they want to. And I feel like that's a level we all need to get to. Not even monetary, just in general. Just showing up because you want to. Not just because you need to. Because although we all need to make money, we all need to grow our businesses, we all need to this. Do you want to show up? Do you want to do this? Are you just showing up because you need a paycheck, right? Are you showing up because you want... I mean, Nick and I were talking the other day, like, why are we building this business? It's not just to build a business. It's to build an empire, to build mm-hmm. a legacy, to build what we wanted. We were talking at the NetWalk, and it was the same thing. Everybody was like, well, where? what are you doing these things for? Is it to sell it to someone one day, to build the network, to sell it to your kids, to give it to your kids, to create that future? Why are you doing this? And it all falls back to purpose. Like, mm. why are you entering this? Hey guys, and don't forget, we also have our intro sessions for our ECF programs where we help small business owners that are overwhelmed, burnt out, and stuck at a plateau develop a growth mindset so that they can continue to create extraordinary lives and businesses in order to save massive amount of money, time, and peace of mind. No, you know, a good question to ask a business owner is, what would you do if money wasn't involved in your business? Mm. What is, what is the meaning of your business if money isn't involved? Why are you doing it? And a lot of people, I, I feel like they just, they focus mainly on the money aspect, but mm-hmm. it, it goes deeper than that. What is the reason why you want money for your business? Is it because you want to support your family or you want to be financially free? But there's always a deeper meaning, a deeper why to really, why do you want so many clients in your business? And I feel like a lot of people don't address that. And that's where mm-hmm. I told Carmen about self-communication. When you, like, you have to really teach yourself how to talk to yourself, like in your head or presently, Mm -hmm. and being consciously aware of that, like, hey, why don't I feel like drinking water? Well, maybe I just don't feel like picking up a glass, or maybe, why don't I like outside? Well, that's where you talk to yourself, so, hey, it's really hot outside, it's like 100 degrees and it's gonna give me a sunburn, but being conscious of your thoughts and letting yourself know and explaining the reason Mm -hmm. sets you up for more positive habits that don't end up bad, where you just keep giving 
like, it's like giving yourself wrong advice. I feel like when you don't really communicate to yourself, right? Yeah, for me, that makes sense. When I first started, like, again, being who I am today, um, I started to talk to myself the way I would talk to my clients. Like, yeah. literally, the way I would talk to my clients, I was like, this is what you're gonna do, and you're gonna start talking to yourself in that kind of voice and and, 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 and being honest with yourself because you're not lying to anybody else. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not lying. You're lying to yourself. And just, okay, but I don't want to do it. Then I don't want to do it. But again, like what we were talking about, it's not that I can't do it. It's not that there's a limit because you're limiting yourself there. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't want to do this. And that's not my preference. And I like, but be honest. Be, be why really? And I think it's hard for people to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard with themselves. That's, that's what I was like trying to portray. It's just being honest about yourself mm-hmm. and giving yourself the proper feedback. Yeah. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? It's like that quote everyone... I keep going back to quotes, but it's like, I love quotes. fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if you're faking this personality, that's still you. Why does it have to be a fake person? Why not say, I want to be confident, so I'm going to continue to put... It, or even creating a different persona in yourself. Like, okay, this is confident Carmen. And this is when confident Carmen has to come out. And then slowly... Because you're giving yourself. That's confident Carmen. That's... Carmen, that's me, that's me, it's me, it's me. And it continues. And sooner or later, you don't have to manually say, this is confident Carmen. No, I I am confident. I am Carmen. I am showing up. I am, right, that I am. I mean, you were talking about the other day, the how, like, it aligns, like, the different I ams. Like, Mm, it's the same mm -hmm. thing. Like, just giving it to yourself that way and knowing that you're not faking it. That's you. It's been in you. If you can say, I'm going to pretend to be confident until I am, you're, you're doing it. You're being it. You just showed up. You spoke to these hundred people. You spoke to the two people. You came into the group. You showed up. That's still you. Definitely. Again, back to when I, Joe Dispenza, he was, he, I remember it was a TikTok video and he said, if you want to change your personal, your personal reality, you have to change your personality. And I literally was like, bet, bet. I like yoga. I like being outside. I like reading. (laughs) I do all of it. I'm here for it. Like, and, and that really, really, again, not only did it, changed my life but it changed my mindset the way that I talk mm-hmm. to myself like again I used to be someone who I would consider myself to be highly anxious because my mother is highly anxious and anxiety is a behavior that's learned from other people children mm-hmm. learn it and then they become anxious over stuff so it's I used to it's, I would self-diagnose with like ADHD and uh, all this and now I, I wouldn't consider myself any yeah. of these labels because again I was able to identify the problem and then do and again when I'm not taking care of my health when I am engaging in because it's easy to slip back into old behavior so when yeah. I am not I do feel less I do feel my mind coming that chatter coming up that feelings of unworthiness and all that coming up so that's why for me now it's so important to make sure that I keep up with the habits mm-hmm. that make me feel like the best me so it's, again it's I'm not faking it anymore no like this is me like this is really me yeah. and because I've been, I've actively been working on them. Yeah. When you were saying it's, I think it's the intention. When you were guys, yeah. that was the word that I kept I love thinking that about. Word. Because the universe doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. The universe doesn't speak Spanish. That's what we were saying in the it's other words. one, that English is a made up language. It is. We, every language is made up. It's all noise. It just, really like, is. A, that's a letter. We're like, okay. Yeah, the, the universe reads the intention that you put behind it, that vibration, that emotion that you have in, inside within you, the things that you, without words, and I think that that's what, again, most people don't put in, they're not intentional with everything that they're, and you can be with anything that you're doing, you know? And whether you know it or not, you're already putting some type of intention, and it may not even be what you want, but it's going to happen because you're not consciously putting it in for yourself. Yeah, get, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I love Oprah. <laughs> Oprah, if you're listening, I love you so much. So we have Jay Shetty, Oprah, everyone just invited Joe Dispenza, <laughs> like, um, but she she talks about that again, because I, I read her book, it was, it's what I know for sure, I read, and I read mm-hmm. it, that's the one I put a lot of clips on, I've read yeah. that book maybe like 10, 12 times, like, I, I, then I was not a reader, again, it took me like a year to read that book, and then after that I just kept reading it, and reading it, and reading it, and it was like, once she was like, one of the chapters was like, get really clear on what you want to happen, because then mm-hmm. your intention is what you're gonna, what you're gonna get, like, I can go and help everybody, but if inside I'm like, oh, I don't wanna fucking do this, yeah. Guess what? The universe is going to give me that right back. It's not going to give me help. It's not going to give me love. It's not because my inside is not matching my action. So it's like, it doesn't matter how many actions you're doing. If the inside doesn't match, like that's what the universe is reading, the inside. Yeah. It's what like, you give, you receive. Mm, and that is, and again, that's a, a karmic law. What yeah. you like give is what you're getting right back. Yeah. It's like what my mom used to say. And, and she remarked, she told me it applies to everything. It's not just about doing something. I'm going to say in Spanish. It was like, what is it? 
El flojo trabaja doble. Ooh. Like, the lazy man works double time. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something just because, or you just don't want to do it at all, like, laziness doesn't just even mean, like, I just don't feel like doing it. It's like, you don't want to do anything, whether it's consciously being aware or just not putting in intention, whatever it is, it's going to happen again. It's going to continue to happen. It's going to be harder every single time because you're not doing anything about it and you don't want to do anything about it, but you want it to change. It's just like insanity. It's expecting the same. It's the same thing. It's doing the same thing, expecting, expecting different, different results. Yeah, yeah. Albert Einstein? I don't, I don't know if you said that. I think it's Einstein. I'm like, I think it's Einstein. Probably. I'm not sure, but... But going back to... Speaking of Einstein and going back yeah. to what you were talking about, how failure was. Yeah. Again, when Benjamin Franklin... Did, is he the one that did the light bulb? Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. <laughs> All right. He's Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I love Benjamin Franklin. I love Benjamin Franklin too. Um, but yeah, Thomas Edison. How many times do you think he? Do you think he just did one time and he did a light bulb? Yeah. It was like a majority, like a couple thousand times. Of failing, of mm -hmm. keep going, of keep, of keep trying again. A basketball player. You, do you think that he just woke up one day and switch, switch? No. Do you know mm -hmm. how many times he didn't get that like Ooh, ball yeah. in the net? Like you know what separates the best from the rest is. Uh, it's what Henry Ford said. He says, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Ooh, and you know what that I love that quote. You're, yeah. Yes. That plays straight into how that's why people with natural abilities in sports and art, whatever, tend to fail faster than those that learn it. And that's because people with natural abilities, they have a choice. Once things start getting, because their whole life, something can be easy. But as soon as it starts getting hard, like, what, the, what just happened? Did my ability just go away? Mm. So they give up on it. They get scared. They get fearful. And some of them will pursue that and they'll get, hey, they'll be amazing. These people are used to that. If I'm really bad at art, but I continue every single day to do it and I get better, I see that progress. I'm used to progress. I'm used to seeing the growth. I'm used to seeing this. I'm okay with failing because I know at the end of the other side, there's going to be something good. Yeah. Right. It's like being able to differentiate that. And I've seen in a lot of like my friends that are athletes or even our younger siblings, like, once thing because they get really good at athletic things but once it gets hard it's like is something wrong with me mm. no you're failing it's okay to fail and that's where you have to relearn that whole thing like why why is failing bad i mean again look it's all circling back i'm like i mean yeah. back to the cliche quote it's, it's not how many times you fall off the horse mm. it's about how many times you get, get back, back on. on the horse and how mm. quick are you good to back on the, like are you gonna lay there and oh my god i fell mm. or That's are you gonna exactly get right back said. on are you gonna accept it or do something about it yeah I love what you said the other day, and I remembered it because one time, a long time ago, I thought about it, and I was like, oh, that's true. And when you brought it up, I was like, no way, like, vibration. But it was like, once you have a feeling, like, let's say you're sad, but if you continue to be sad after a couple seconds, like, you're just doing it to yourself. Mm. You're just giving it. You want yourself to be sad. Like, there's no other, like, I think we were talking about, like, I don't remember. It was like, when someone says no a client right if you like you explain them but then they're like no and you're sad about it okay why are you sad okay but what can you do out of it that is that transition away from sadness now you're not sad you're mm -hmm. being proactive to something and when you're proactive there's usually no space left in your mind because it's already working there's no space left to be sad but if you're staying here and then you're feeling sorry for yourself and then you continue that cycle of oh again comfortable it's mm -hmm. The victim mentality. Ooh, people, I mean, I'm guilty. I used to do it. Yes. People want to feel so guilty for themselves and they want to feel so bad for themselves mm -hmm. and they want other people to feel that same way for them. So they, yeah. it's like that negative thing we were talking about in the beginning. So they form that connection of, hey, you know, I suck at math. I mean, what about you? You suck at math too? And that's the connection right there. And, and then that's a thing you have to understand. That's a thing that's called trauma bonds. People stay with friends that. for trauma bonds oh because we both had X amount of trauma happen to us. And then we, because again, we recognize the things in other people that we see within ourselves. So if you're only focused on your trauma within you, that's what you're going to see in other people. And you're going to be like, oh, because life is a mirror. You know, so it's like you see the, that in them. And then you're like, oh, they're my friend. We connect. We're similar because we want to be accepted. But again, yeah. that, that victim mentality. And it goes back to what I was saying with like, when you notice that you have anxiety, um, you can either do something or you not. But again, you're not a victim. You're in choice. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you have the power. And again, most, like you said, most people would rather stay in that comfortableness of anxiety than do something else about it. Carmen, actually, you said that yesterday. You said, mm -hmm. or actually, maybe you said it today. We we're practicing our presentation. You were like, mm -hmm. we have like a, a thousand choices to do every day. And you have the choice to change your life right there. 
Oh, yeah. It's true. Like, my what? My mind. <laughs> but, no, it's, yeah. just, it's just what you said. You have a million choices throughout the day, but a lot of them end up being negative and bad choices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people need to switch that automatic conditioning to the, the manual conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what you just said right there, I mean, goes, goes back to my, what my mama used to always tell me. She used to be my like, mama. my mama, I love her. People used to say, like, we have this many of, the, of defects as a, pure, a person, mm-hmm. and we have this many of good things mm. and it's like you can either focus on this many defects or this little and I feel like that doesn't apply to people it's just in general like you can it goes back to again perspective mm. perspective where are you where are you focused are you focused on the negative or you focus on the good and it's like if you can in, in ABA literally that's all I do is you focus on if I want to reduce it I focus on the positive so if I have a client who we're in the middle of the classroom and they keep standing up right mm. if they're standing up and I go like oh you're standing up sit down sit down then i'm reinforcing the standing up behavior and then we can go into that trial or while they're sitting the right like i'll wait 10 seconds be like oh my god you're doing awesome sitting great job staying in your seat wow you're doing awesome sitting so now i'm reinforcing the behavior that i want to see instead of only addressing it when i see the behavior that i don't want to see and then you're most likely to get better results by focusing on that behavior most of the time they'll stay sitting and then they'll because they're sitting they're they'll in their mind they're creating that to be a positive thing Mm. they're getting that um, kind of stimu- exterior stimuli without having to go to the negative first. Wow. Again, reward. We want oh, reward. the dopamine system. Reward, and that's how we learn. And what's higher, like giving that the like higher one? Oh, yeah, you did it. Versus the comfortable, like this. A lot of times, will give more. Like that being like, yeah, I did it. Oh my god, that excitement, that natural, like this. It'll always work. Yeah. It'll always overpass us, but people don't. Again, the fear and what you focus on expands and. There you go. Yeah. I mean, when you were talking about little, I mean, like, there's there's so much good things here that I'm like, there's so many thoughts in my head right now. <laughs> but when you were talking about emotions, like, when you feel sadness, like, I remember as a child, like, uh, like growing up, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you were sad, and I played every, such a lonely day, and it's <laughs> like, you're on the, like, like, like I, I the am park. literally, <laughs> like, in, wearing all black, like, you know, like, <laughs> And you really, like, I remember yeah. listening to those songs that I'm really feeling that way. Like, that yeah. was my reality. That life was going to end. That it was yeah. so deep and so dark. But, like, when you know that your emotions only last about, like, 30 to 45 seconds. So instead of, again, yeah. it's the story that we hold on to. It. Like, why mm. am I feeling sad? Oh, my God. And you start thinking about the sadness. And then you start pondering. And then you mm. continue to leave. But if you just, I feel sad. Like, you, again, you identify it. You address it. Like, if you need to cry. Cry, let yeah. it out. Don't hold on to it. Release it because within again, I'll, I'll do that now. Like and I'll cry, and then like five minutes later, I'm like, ah, oh, that was it. It's all yeah. good because it just passes. And there was a, one I see of, you doing like crying, and you're like, yeah, like and just like a couple tears, squeeze a little tears out, and then I move on with my day. But imagine you're holding those tears back, and you're like, you don't let them go. And then by the end of the day, now you're feeling so emotional, like you're. It's like the end of the world. But if you just would have squeezed those little tears out at the beginning, those one, two, two minutes of sadness, it would have been good. Yeah. One of the teachers. Um, um, the institute where I learned she talks about that it's a like a wave like mm. your emotion is coming and instead of running away from the water just dive into it because then it passes and then you're good you know yeah, what I mean like yeah you know I just remembered somehow this connected throughout the conversation <laughs> but it was like going back to like that victim right like staying in that state you know it's one word that like people can't handle forgiveness Ooh. like forgiving no what is forgiveness well That's in my question. eyes is like forgiveness is being able to see something know that because again think about this when something happens to you let's say something bad happens to you you being that turning yourself to be a victim or i hate the word i hate the word survivor that's just my opinion like i just i hate that word because i still see that connection to mm. something ha- this person did something to me but instead of seeing it Something bad happened and I was involved in it mm. or it involved me, whatever it was, but something bad happened and my involvement was there. Like, it's just like, I, I wish I could draw it out. It's like, this is the event and your life is like this. And just for some whatever reason, because again, it's a coil, you keep going on. It was just that tiny piece that stayed, that went past, that you were in that time, that it happened while you were there. It happened to you, whatever but people get so stuck on the mind of when is it time to forgive? When is it time to let go? Why are you still letting this? And again, we all hear it. It's the same thing with breakups. It's the same thing with anything else. You're still stuck on it. They're moving past. You're still wishing them bad. And it's like, 
you're the only one messing with yourself still. You're now allowing them to hurt you, them to take your response. And on top of that, you're still wishing them bad, which takes all that energy right back to you because they don't care. They don't even know what's happening, but you're out here like, like you're so mad at the world. And again, it plays into your life. But I'm sure we've all met that one person who's mad at one person the whole day. It's just, it's bad for them. And then it turns into the group is now bad. And then it spreads again. And you feel that mood out of one thing. It all started with one thing. And all you had to do is just let it go. Just look at it. Just be like, okay, this happened. It's sad. But I don't have time to be sorry for myself. I have things to do. I have dreams to make. Why am I pausing it for anybody else? Yeah. I think, again, that, that's the law of detachment. Again, when you, yeah. you, let, you do that to someone, you're giving them your power. You're giving them your energy. That's the, the energy that you can be using for you to grow, mm-hmm. to love, to be kind, all of these things that will move you forward. Or you could stay stuck in the anger. And, again, the way that the way the, the brain is wired, if I make you angry, if I'm over here and I'm cursing you out and I'm making you feel upset – the way that the brain is wired, and I'm making you feel cort- if I'm making you feel fear, you're releasing cortisol and adrenaline into your body, which is mm-hmm. again your parasympathetic system, your fight, fight, or freeze. My brain will release cortisol and adrenaline and make me feel fearful, whether I realize it or not. Because again, what you give is what you get. There is no hack around it. Your brain is wired that way. That if you make other people feel bad, at the end of the day, you are feeling bad yourself. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, don't like, do it. Like you said. You are your mirror. Mm. Yeah. I, I just want to touch on that because it, it's it's crazy when you see someone like a bully or mm-hmm. someone who speaks down upon their coworkers, that is what they think of themselves. Yes, yeah. definitely. Again, it's that it, the way, and now I see it and I like, again, I'm all, very guilty of it. Again, all of this thing is, I'm not who I used to be, but again, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that that's the beauty yeah. of life. But when when I see people who are lashing out, like and I don't I don't one I don't take it personally anymore, and I the law of detachment you let it go mm-hmm. because I know that someone else is doing that to them or they're just doing that to mm-hmm. themselves because mm-hmm. how you treat other people is your internal monologue. Like if again someone's cutting off and again cutting off oh, this this idiot oh it's so stupid blah, blah blah when you do something I guarantee you that that your water spilled. I literally just spilled water. When you're, it's okay, Louisa. Taking it serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? But some, an old version of me yeah. would be like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, I'm yeah. so, I'm so, you know, all, and it's like, it's an act, it's an accident. It's something, you know, like it's not yeah, a big deal. Exactly. And I changed that interior monologue. And because I was able to feel more compassion for myself, mm. then I can feel more compassion towards other people. I was just about to say, like, stop me if I'm wrong, but I remember because I was trying to get you to say it about forgiveness. Because you said forgiveness is not about forgiving the other person per se, but it's about forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people don't like this because it's like, well, why would I forgive myself? Because you're hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. You yourself are inflicting even more pain than anybody else could. You have the power to literally destroy your mind and destroy your life. The number one person. Because who do you spend most of the time with? Yourself. Like, the amount of hours in a day, if you just continued that... Most of it is you. One situation that took five minutes, five seconds, give it five hours. You still have those other hours that are just you dismantling it all yourself. So if you start by just forgiving yourself, you'll be so much easier to forgive everything else. Yeah, I mean, it all start. It all goes back to inward and the relationship, like you said, that self-talk that you have with yourself, how you feel about yourself, how you love and care for yourself is what you're going to be able to do for other people. Like, you can only meet people when they've met themselves. But talking about what you just said, pain is something that you can avoid. Like, the physical body will feel pain. Suffering is a choice. Mm. That's a choice that. you make to suffer, to stay there, yeah. to, you know. And again, forgiving yourself. It's not about letting other people off the hook. It's about forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. Or what you were saying earlier, like trauma. Trauma is not the event that happened. It's how you reacted to the event. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think Dr. Gabor Matt talks a lot about that. Yeah. Wow. I think this conversation has been pretty crazy. Yeah. I just, this is <laughs> I love it. Yes. We can go ahead and end it here, but does anyone have any last notes? Anything you want to leave the conversation off with? No, I, I think that... I think that was great. That, that was, was a lot awesome. of information. Yeah. That was amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for an honor. saying it and coming in. Talking. Definitely. Yeah, I love this. All right, so see you guys.